And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. You know, in life, there's the next right step, and then there's dog poop. We have stepped in both. And so we are two steps ahead, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. And since it is the uh, holiday season, tis the season, we're going to be talking about Christmas. Yes. Even though we don't look too Christmassy, but I think they, <laughs> I think they officially canceled Christmas. I think the Grinch is actually in every single office across the country. Oh, no. Canceling Christmas. Can't do anything. But we're going to have our I own... Uh, it's the opposite. We're going to have the own uh, Christmas... Uh, <laughs> Christmas conversation celebration here, and so um, we've got some uh, carols. Now we're going to sing, although you could sing if you wanted to. But uh, we've got some uh, a couple songs. We're going to talk about some movies. We're going to talk about some traditions, and possibly see about are there myths out there? Like what have we assumed over the years about Christmas mm-hmm. that may not actually be true? Mm-hmm. So we'll find out about that. So that's what's coming up on the show. I'm Son Needham alongside somebody who is looking like the abominable snowman <laughs> or snow woman. Although yes. it's, uh, you've got, actually, I think you look more like cotton candy. Yes, it's more cotton yeah, candy. It's more cotton candy. I love the sweater. It's very cozy. But uh, Terra Hoke Shiro. Hey, guys. Welcome back. So it's Christmas. What's your favorite holiday? Is Christmas your favorite holiday or do you have another favorite holiday? Probably Christmas. Yeah. Yes, because I love the lights. I love the yeah. decorations. I love the ambiance and the the whole thing. The smells. Yeah. yeah. See, I like uh, I like the fall. You know, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving through Christmas through New Year's because mm-hmm. of many reasons, but it just tends to be the most festive time of year. It tends to be the coolest. Yes. I'm not really a fan of the heat. <laughs> uh, plus, there's usually in a normal world a lot of stuff going on, like you know, college football mm-hmm. and the bowl games mm-hmm. during the holiday season. Love this time of year. Uh, hockey season gets underway usually about this time. Um, the basketball season. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of activity. Plus, everybody is usually in anticipation of the new year, right? And what's going to happen with right. New Year's resolutions and stuff like that. It's, you know, we eat all kinds of fun things. Come January, it's like, okay, enough of that. Now we have to exercise, Now we which go sounds to the, really boring. Right, we go to the gym for the month. <laughs> and then we're done. And then we figure out how to quit the gym. <laughs> exactly. Did you ever see that Friends episode when they, uh, I think it was Joey maybe, he wanted to quit the gym or maybe Chandler. <laughs> and they wouldn't let him. And they yeah. wouldn't let him, and yeah, so yeah. they end up quitting the bank. Yeah. You know, because it was taking the automatic deductions out. That was actually pretty funny. I love all the Friends episodes. They're very funny. So Christmas tis the season. So when you look at Christmas, <clears throat> you've got, uh, like you mentioned, the, the, the food, the Christmas cookies you bake. Are you a baker? You know, I used to make Christmas cookies from scratch. And when I did it by myself, I was um, pretty, not, not good, but I could, you know, I made a bunch of cookies and, and lasted throughout the season. Then when my daughter started helping me, we are a train wreck together. Like cooking dinner is not so bad, but like, but like following a recipe with the two of us together, something always we forget. And every year it's like, oh man, that was a disaster. Like it just, so now we're kind of like, okay, let's get a box or a roll of something that's already basically made and we just have to stir it or cut it and put it on the pan and now, during yeah. Thanksgiving, you mentioned you were the sous chef. I'm the sous chef. Are you still and the, the sous chef yes. during Christmas, too? Yes. So you always, you've been relegated to sous chef. I love it. Do you? I, yeah, I'd much rather chop and follow along behind and, yeah, than have to. Now, Thanksgiving was different because Thanksgiving I can do with, you know, blindfolded. Right. Because I just kind of do the same thing and it's, I know the timing, I know which order to do things and to get it all 
she wants to have like all these new and creative things. And so that's messing up my flow. And so that was a little bit of tension going on. But um, other than Thanksgiving, yeah, she's she has become because she wants to look on like Pinterest or Instagram or whatever. And she'll look at all these really, oh, this looks fun. This looks this make. And I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm not. Over that. So she'll come up with all these creative things, which means that that's out of my element. So right. now I'm the sous chef. I'm like, all right, then you figure it out. You do the chopping. Just tell me what like prep work to do and what. Yeah, it's it's much easier that way. So typically, typically, uh, turkey is for Thanksgiving. Yes. Do you have turkey again at Christmas, or do you do a ham, or do you change it up? Have some tacos. Okay, so. Can I just tell you, so this year we were talking about what we were going to have and, and four, there was five of us that were going to be there. Four out of the five people said they didn't like turkey. I'm like, what? Wow. I'm like, we're making a, I'm going through this whole hassle of making a turkey. And they're like, well, it's festive. You know, we like it for Thanksgiving, but it's not like I wouldn't typically like eat, you know, turkey. And I, and they said they would, you know, prefer ham. So then I said, um, a couple of days ago, I said, okay, so for Christmas, we'll have ham. Well, I don't really like ham. I'm like, what? <laughs> Who are you people? Like all these years we've been having turkey and ham and nobody has said anything, but everyone loves the meal. Like I'm confused. So I think we're going to do ham. We're going to do like a spiral honey ham or something for Christmas. Sounds like you might need a new family. Yeah. <laughs> like a surrogate holiday family. Something. That enjoys everything that you like. And then they yeah. kind of like home alone. You can kick them off to the curb, off to right? some exotic locale. You yes. can stay home, get your surrogate family. Yes. You know, family swap could be a TV show. We just holiday watched family that actually. Swap. Uh, home alone too. No, we just you? watched it. Yeah. It's- and so, um, and then you can have the holiday that you want. Yes. Now, speaking of movies, okay, there's plenty of Christmas movies out there. And I don't know if you're a, a big Die Hard fan or not, but the argument every year is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? <laughs> I, I say yes. See, I say no, because it's, the setting may be at Christmas time, but it has nothing to do with Christmas. True. Absolutely nothing True. to do with Christmas. Okay. It just happens to be set at Christmas time. But there are some movies, mm-hmm. okay, and knowing that you like those black and white TMC type movies. Mm-hmm. They're there not are, all black and white, no. but yes, the classic movies. The classics. Classics. There are some movies that are some, uh, that are good Christmas movies. Yes. That should be watched. Yes. We don't should you, except at Christmas time when you watch movies, <laughs> uh, that you should watch during the holidays because they're just good Christmas movies. Yes. So here is one of them. It's from 1946. And it was uh, done by Frank Capra. And you should know this one. Mm-hmm. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Atta boy, Clarence. And the movie is? You know what the movie is? Yes. What is it? Miracle on... Or no... no. Um, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. life. Yes. Did, did you and know Jimmy that? And it stars Jimmy Stewart. Did you know that Jimmy Stewart? Because um, I guess he's kind of frantic in that movie, right? He's mm-hmm. he's basically contemplating suicide, mm-hmm. and it's his whole story. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, recently he came out, or somebody came out with uh, a backstory to it, and he, I guess, had just come back from the war, World War Two, and he himself was struggling from t- PTSD. Oh wow! And stuff like that, and so a lot of that character that you see on film was actually him working out his 
real life, mm-hmm. or he put a lot of what he was feeling, the emotion and everything be in from his real life into that character. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason people think that he did such a good job with it because he related to that character so much. Mm-hmm. It was an excellent movie. And it just, it really shows you what, you know, we think that, that we are insignificant or unimportant or that we've had this, you know, maybe this boring life or we haven't achieved what we're supposed to achieve, you know, why we're here. But I love that it goes through all of the different effects. If he had never been born, all of the different, um, you know, the angel goes and shows him like, well, look at this situation, look at this family member, look at this over here. And, and literally the whole town was affected by him being born. And so he was so, you know, distraught because, you know, when we, um, you know, look at the beginning of that movie, he was basically going bankrupt and this Potter guy was, um, taking over the town and he was fighting against him. And, and it was just, but so you look at, so we have a tendency to be so like myopic, like, oh my gosh, like I'm going bankrupt. This guy is the banker, you know, Mr. Potter was just being, you know, mean and, and so we have a tendency to to just focus on that. But then what the angel shows him is, no, if you hadn't been born, it would be way worse in all of these different ways. All these different lives would be affected. And um, the town would have been Pottersville, I think, um, if he hadn't, if Jimmy Stewart's character had not been born. So it really is a real, um, a good glimpse into we all have importance, whether we think we are doing think important things or not, we are affecting people all along the way in significant ways that we just can't even see. Too bad we can't, we don't all have an angel to be like, to show us like, <laughs> this is what life would be like if you were never born so that we could see our impact, but we don't get that privilege. But see, that's, that's kind of the interesting thing because like in the radio business, we always hear about the, the vocal minority, you know, mm-hmm. or like in anything, you get the vocal minority, but in the radio business, which was my background, we would always hear either, you know, the vocal minority when it came to positive things or mm-hmm. negative things, right. but it was the, uh, the non-vocal or the silent majority yes. that you really affected either good or bad, mm-hmm. but you affect it, but they would never respond. Mm-hmm. But that's something that I learned early on is that everything we do, we can affect people. Yes. And uh, just even walking down the street, um, in the grocery store, uh, just, you know, people are always watching and people are always going to, you know, take something from us. And so what is it that we're going to be? And, and it's hard for us sometimes to get to that point where we think about that because we want that instant gratification, we want that instant feedback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, am I affecting somebody? Is, is this good or bad? And oftentimes we don't get it. We just have to mm-hmm. kind of be cognizant of the fact that everything we do impacts somebody's life and we need to make sure that we do it for the good. And in his case, he was, he was having a negative, he was in a negative situation. He thought he was having a negative impact because he was going bankrupt. And it's like, okay, so all these people are going to be let down because I'm, I'm going bankrupt and it's going to, you know, so he thought that his impact was negative and it turned out that if he wasn't born, um, the situation would have, cause he was a fighter, he was fighting against the system. And so if he wasn't born, um, the people that he was fighting for would have been way worse off. And then at the end of the movie, of course, everybody rallies around him and, and then he doesn't go into bankruptcy and everybody he's, so he turns out like he's the hero, but he thought that, you know, he was hurting, like he was not 
making an impact at all. So it's tricky, like just because we don't see it or feel it, you know, we doesn't mean that we're not making an impact and um, we have a tendency to judge like, oh, this is negative. So therefore I'm making a negative impact or, oh, this is positive. Therefore I'm making a positive impact. And there could be a hundred things going on behind the scenes that we don't even know about. So when the uh, line of the movie says, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings or her wings or wings, <laughs> mm-hmm. does that include the Salvation Army kettlebell ringing? <laughs> so is there like angels galore with that? So I passed one yesterday. I felt so bad I didn't have anything to put in her kettle pot, but she looked pretty lonely. Kettle pot. That's a lonely job. It okay. is. Uh, the next one. How about this one from, uh, I think this one was actually a color, colorized. <laughs> oh, do you remember this one? I'm going to get you liking black and whites yet. Horrified. I heard myself blurted out. I'm an official Red Rider Carbon Action 200 Range Ball Air Rifle. No. Shoot your eye out. Oh, no. It was the classic mother BB gun block. (laughs) You'll shoot your eye out. BB guns are dangerous. I don't want anybody shooting his eye out. Oh, no. You'll shoot your eye out? You know that movie? <laughs> yeah, that's the um, the the one with the leg lamp. Um, the, the Christmas story. Yeah, yeah Christmas story. Now, I've never seen it. Have you seen it? I have. Have you? Is it good? It is good. Which one's better, the it's Christmas a, story or Wonderful Life? You can't. I can't even compare really? them. Yeah, the Christmas story is a little more. Um, it's a little more like. I want. I don't want to say pop culture, but it's it's like. Kind of, you know, like vacation is kind right. of like the, so it's not like vacation in the sense that it's, you know, wild and crazy, but you get this like dysfunctional family, I guess, in the Christmas story and it's hilarious, but it's very quiet because it's an older movie, you know, and so it's, you, you get this like older style of, of movies um, and there's a lot of good, you know, messages in there, but it's very funny and it's very like you have to have the patience for it if you're used to the modern day movies where there's a lot of action. Like it takes a while to to learn to love the older movies. So the action because the pace the- is different, the the timing is different, the jokes are different, the mood is different. All the subtleties are still there. They're just a little more subtle than so the, the, the actions and the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we get the action and the action. Exactly. But then the actions and the dialogue. You have to listen. A lot of it was, yeah. yeah and, and we don't have the patience for that. Like my husband, when I first started watching Turner Classic Movies, he's like, oh my gosh, I cannot take this. Like it's so slow. And it's so, I'm like, but you're looking for the wrong thing. Right. You got to pay attention to what they're saying um, and slow down a little bit. Because, yeah, it's completely different. The two things that I always knew about the movie even though I've never seen it, was the shoot your eye out. Yeah. And then the uh, sticking your tongue <laughs> on the metal pole and get your and tongue stuck. And he's standing stuck. there and everyone leaves and he's like, ah. Yeah. So those are the two <laughs> things. So that must tell you right there that, that, that the impact of the movie can be something pretty big because it leaves you with two iconic, yeah. well, an iconic message, I guess, with the shooting your eye out. Yeah. And then and it actually does. Doesn't like he eventually shoot and that comes back and like pings him in his eyeglasses or something. <laughs> I, something like that. Uh, yeah. It's and, been a while but, since I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. And also the, the leg lamp is also the, another thing that really sticks with. Do you know what that is? No, I don't. So he, <laughs> he ordered the, the dad ordered this leg lamp. And so it's a, it's a woman's leg 
and she has on a fishnet stocking and it's, you know, highly controversial and he puts it in the front window. And so it's a high heel. It's just, it's this part of just one leg and it has a high heel and it's, it, it's, um, has a fishnet stocking all the way up. And then at the top where the thigh is, is the lampshade. And it's hysterical, and he puts it in the front window, and of course, you know, the mom's having a fit, because, oh my god, the neighbors, you know, what are they going to think? And he's very adamant, this dad, that he's going to have that lamp in the front window. I'm, it I'm, is so funny. I'm thinking some new uh, TSA merchandise. I Yeah, I get, ordered one for a friend a, one time, but I want to order uh, one for me. We could get one of those... Uh, Leg lamps and have our, uh, they have that you can, yeah, yeah, they have them in all different sizes. You can get on, uh, Amazon, I think. That's funny. Um, okay, how about this one? Your Honor, every one of these letters is addressed to Santa Claus. The post office has delivered them. Therefore, the post office department, a branch of the federal government, recognizes this man, Chris Kringle, to be the one and only Santa Claus. (laughs) But that one. Great movie. I've seen all the versions. Miracle on 34th Street. Which which version do you like the best? Because um, there was one, the original, which that came from. Mm-hmm. There was one in 1994, mm-hmm. which was pretty good, I hear. Mm-hmm. I like the, um, the, in, the one in 1994. I really like the interaction between the little girl and um, the guy. What, um, he's been in several TV shows. You have his what, Richard Attenborough? No. No. Um, anyway, they have a really good chemistry. I love his character. I like the older version because it's just, you know, it's the classic. It's the, the first, you know, one. But I like the the little girl's, you know, personality and the – she's really cute. I thought that was pretty clever when they bring in all the mail the mail from the uh, yeah. post office. And dump it into and the court. It. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and he's trying to warn the judge and the judge is like, bring it. <laughs> in here and put it on my desk. He's like, okay, and it's bag after bag after bag after bag. Yeah. Now you mentioned this one earlier, or you mentioned this series earlier, but for me, it's not like I have to watch movies to make it the holiday season. But you can't help but go through with a lot of these movies. You can't help but go through the holiday season without seeing them because they're always on TV. They're like on loop, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on what channel. I mean, TMC probably has, or Turner Classic T, uh, Turner Classic probably has them on, uh, on loop, and you can just watch them one after the other after the other. So this is one that is always making the rounds. Oh, Santa No. It's the Christmas star. And that's all that matters tonight. Not bonuses or gifts or turkeys or trees see kids it means something different to everybody now i know what it means to me christmas vacation of course vacation yeah chevy chase is hilarious how many times have you seen that (laughs) um probably two or three but it's been a while because i have a couple other favorite movies that i watch religiously at christmas time so that one doesn't usually make the cut anymore Next year we should have a uh, a Christmas viewing, yeah, <laughs> uh, Christmas viewing party yes. with the uh, with our fans, yeah, yeah, and then we can have like a double feature, like a classic, <laughs> and then like a modern day one. And there's so many, yeah. like yeah, like two of my favorite movies are White Christmas. That is my yes. absolute favorite Christmas movie. Um, I know a lot of the words to a lot of the songs, a lot of the dialogue, you know, so I sit and sing it back and repeat it when they're, you know, watching the movie. It's so much fun. 
We could have a sing-along. Have you watched, you've never, probably never watched White Christmas. I don't think I've ever seen White Christmas. It's so good. But you mentioned White Christmas. Wait, this isn't, hold on. Yeah, see, there's the... White Christmas. Yep. Which is the most popular Christmas song in America. And of course, it's uh, Bing Crosby. Yep. So he sings this at the very end of the movie of, of White Christmas when they're on stage and the army and the service people have all gathered around the tree. You know, they say that's what made the movie popular because it first came out in, uh, on Christmas Day in 1941 and that was 18 days after Pearl Harbor. So it's kind of like a, a gathering, like, a, okay. like a, not a rallying cry, but you know, some people can gather around, rally around. And then... Um, when all the soldiers went off to war, it became a song that reminded everybody about being home. And when he would go on those kind of USO tours, mm-hmm. they would always want him to sing White Christmas no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it was the uh, best-selling song of all time for 56 years until mm-hmm. uh, Elton John remade Candle in the Wind for Princess Diana's uh, funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing, though, is that the writer Irving Berlin, mm-hmm. I thought this was fascinating, is Jewish. Mm. And so he's singing of a white Christmas when mm-hmm. he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I think that kind of made adds to the, um, the nostalgia of it or just the magic of it because mm-hmm. you have a guy and it was, and that was it. I guess the whole point behind writing the song was just, here was a guy that won the simplicities of life again, which was at Christmas time, it snows, mm-hmm. the holiday season snows and just thinking about a white Christmas. And so he penned the tune. And then when, uh, Ben Crosby got a hold of it, look out. Well, it it does in the movie. I mean, it it brings back the song brings back the the scenes in the movie because, um, in the movie they have a, um, they're in the service. Bing Crosby and Danny Kay um, are the two leading men, and they're in the service. And then after the war is over, then they go on tour together. They start singing or whatever, and then they find out that they're, um. I think it's the colonel, I think, um, or the general that was their general in the during the war. They find out that um, he um, has opened up this inn up in Vermont and it's struggling because there hasn't been any snow and he's really struggling because he doesn't have purpose anymore because he's not a general anymore and he wants to reenlist, but they don't want him because he's too old. So he feels like this has been like this innkeeper that's losing his in because there's no people because there's no snow. And so Bing Crosby and Danny Kay, they call in all of the servicemen. He goes on, um, the, uh, Oh shoot. What's that guy's name on TV? Um, back in the day, he had a he had a variety show, so he they go on his show in New York and they um, call it's not Art Linkletter, is it? No, um, ah, my recall. So anyway, he goes on the show and and um, tells all the servicemen around the country, Ed Solomon, and he tells all of the um, servicemen in the country to come to the inn for Christmas Eve, and they're going to put on a show and they're going to support the general so that, you know, he can have customers or whatever. And so they all come around this beloved general. They surprise him and, you know, so they're on Bing Crosby and Danny Kay are on stage and they're doing their show, their performance, but they're doing it for all of their comrades and all the servicemen and the general. And, and then they sing white Christmas and they have on these beautiful red, like velvet gowns with like the white, 
fur, you know, around them and the beautiful tree. And of course it starts snowing and they open the barn doors and this is, you know, it's magical. It's very, the aesthetic is, uh, yeah, the ambiance is very cool. So. Um, yeah, no, I've never seen it, but I've always been, uh, known about it because of the, uh, the song, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now the the one song that I personally enjoy, which a lot of people really don't, um, during the Christmas time, it's on my playlist my Christmas playlist is, uh, do they know it's Christmas? Mm-hmm. It was the uh, you know the uh, the raise money for Ethiopia. Yep. Um, the famine stricken Ethiopia. Great song. And that was a song that led to then Live Aid mm-hmm. the next year, mm-hmm. which you know was probably one of the most seen uh, benefit concerts around the world. It was held both at uh, Wembley Stadium and in uh, in England, and I think Philadelphia here in Los in uh, in the in the states. But um, but there was a line in there that uh, Bob Geldof uh, wrote. And uh, and um, Bono from U2, Bono, he was going to sing it. And they were singing about the song. And, and the line in that song is, uh, well, tonight, thank God it's them instead of me. Because, you know, there's no, they're the ones that's struggling. They're the ones that mm-hmm. are going through all this. And it's not me. And he did not want to sing that line. I was going to say, that's so sad. Yeah. That's so arrogant. Well, the point was, <laughs> this was the point, that Bob Geldof was like, that's the point. We sit there and we think that nothing is wrong with this world because it doesn't affect us. Mm-hmm. And that was the most poignant verse or lyric mm-hmm. of the song was, tonight, thank God it's them instead of me. Mm-hmm. And that gets everybody starting to think about, now let's think about other people, start thinking about other people, because especially at Christmas time or the holidays, that's when the emphasis is on health helping others mm-hmm. and we need to take our eyes off ourselves and start looking to other people mm-hmm. and then like i said that led to you know uh, i think boy george or somebody came up with the idea of then having live aid the benefit concert and then you know obviously everybody got involved but um but when you said about white christmas the the song lyric obviously and do they know it's christmas is there's no snow in africa this christmas you know the only water there are tears you know mm-hmm. and then it's like hey thank god it's them not me and so we need to turn our eyes and focus on something else um, but that's always on my on my playlist. Did he end up singing that verse? Yes, we did. So he ended up singing he it. He did. Yeah, he did. Oh wow! And then because Bob Geldof convinced him to sing it, and so once he did, and he heard the final piece, he was like, "Oh, now now it makes sense." Yeah, because it does. It's it's we turn our eyes on ourselves and we think about us mm-hmm. and all and, and even even you know we talked about it during the Thanksgiving time. You know, we like to go feed the homeless at Thanksgiving, but what do we do the rest of the year? Right. To help people, right. you know, and it's a constant reminder that we need to help people regardless of what time of year it is mm-hmm. and do it when it's not just benefiting us or making us feel good, but do it, you know, make it a part of who we are and a part of our character. Right. Um, do you have a favorite song? A favorite Christmas, Christmas song? Carol or whatever, hymn or something. Um, I think, um, well, I don't know if I have a favorite. Like, I love the ones that are like Santa Baby. I love that right. one. I like white, the all the songs in the movie white christmas i like the pop um songs that are like fast and catchy and that you can sing and dance to okay here's one that is interesting because it was never really designed to be a christmas song mm-hmm. okay but it's played at christmas time and it's it's a song that was written back in 1944 so right up your alley um and the the guy that wrote the song I guess back in the day, back in the 40s, when people would have like dinner parties, Mm -hmm. then people were expected to entertain their Mm -hmm. guests. And one of the ways you could entertain your guest is by singing, performing, (laughs) basically. So he wrote this song with his wife in mind that they would sing it as a duet Mm -hmm. to entertain their guests. Mm -hmm. 
And so they did, and it became widely popular. And I think it even came out uh, in a movie, but it was uh, it was written back in the in forty four, and then five years later, I think it came out. Neptune's Daughter won an Academy Award for Best Original Song. There's no mention of Christmas, okay, and so um, and and it became so popular that then when these other people had these dinner parties, they would invite or hire them to come and sing it and mm. perform and be the entertainment, and that's how oh, funny. it became popular. Mm-hmm. Now the interesting thing is is that it's also when you take a look at Christmas last year versus this year, you can see how dramatically different times have changed. So here's the song that I'm talking about. Let me know if you know what it is. And again, keep in mind, it's designed for him and his wife to sing as a duet. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I love this song. I gotta go away. <laughs> Baby, it's cold outside. They sing this song in Elf, the movie This is uh, Adina Menzel and uh, Michael Bublé. I love, yeah, I love this song. I love singing along to it. But the funny thing was, last year this song was like banned because it was sexist and misogynist. You remember that? That people no. kind of wanted to cancel the song because he, yeah, because he is pressuring the lady to stay because she's like, I should leave, and he's like, No, stay. I really need to go. No, stay. Have another drink. And so it became like this song that was misogynist and sexist, and and they wanted to cancel it because of the lyrics. And then you fast forward to this year, and you get songs like Cardi B and WAP. I know, right? And it's like, wait a minute. (laughs) What are we protesting here, people? Yeah, exactly. That doesn't make sense. Um, But that's a song that's that's, uh, interestingly enough a uh, deemed a Christmas song, but it really has nothing to do with Christmas. But yet at the holidays, that's the only time I hear it. Right. It's the only time I hear it. Too. And I don't, I'm wondering if Elf, if the movie had something to do with that too, Elf. Yeah, probably, well, probably resurrected it like a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, it brings it back. Because that's the thing that's, that's uh, about pop culture and movies and stuff is that things that are old, mm-hmm. you bring them back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of um, mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Queen. right. If it wasn't for Wayne's World, right. that song might have died. <laughs> Maybe. But Wayne's World brings it back. All of a sudden, it's a big hit again. And now, yeah. uh, and then Freddie Mercury and Queen gets back into the spotlight. And then, yeah. you know, Freddie Mercury's story starts to come out more. And then, of course, there's movies and stuff like that. Yeah. But if it wasn't for Wayne's World, who knows if Bohemian Rhapsody would have ever resurrected I hope it never goes away. I like that song. Too. I don't think it will now. It's yeah. just too popular. Yeah. Especially with the, uh, and see the, um, the song Bohemian Rhapsody radio used to dictate when you listen to all the old songs like this one, for example, it was, uh, they're all under three minutes mm-hmm. and, and it was designed that way on purpose because radio stations did not want to play songs longer than three minutes. That's why all the songs are under three minutes. The Beatles all under three minutes. And then it was Bohemian Rhapsody that came out it's and like started to push five, right? Yeah, it's like six, seven minutes. So when is they, it, yeah. Well, they did a radio edit okay. so that they could get it onto radio, but Freddie Mercury's vision was originally to have this big six, seven-minute production mm-hmm. for the video and everything, mm-hmm. and so he kind of revolutionized that uh, video-making thing. Didn't that, that cause, because I saw the movie um, about him, and didn't that cause them to step away from their, it was either their record label or their agent or something, because I remember a scene in the movie that... They were, they're like, no, it's way too long. You can't do this. And they're like, no, we are going to do it. We're going to leave it as is. And they were trying, they were like negotiating. And he's like, no, yeah, we're doing it this way. And then he looked at the rest of the guys in the band and they're like, yeah, we're doing it. This, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, are you really going along with this guy? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very contentious. Very. And I think that that was the split between 
um, they broke off with that guy, and then you, that poor guy, man, he got left out in the cold. He, he he's he's the equivalent of the fifth Beatle. Yeah, <laughs> he's like right up there in music history. But yeah, that's what it was. And so Freddie Mercury had a vision, and so sometimes it requires that as an artist, you know, as a creative person, you have to sometimes sit there and kind of buck the system if you have mm-hmm. a vision for something mm-hmm. because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to take off. And it never it wouldn't even be good in three minutes. No. Like uh-huh. you you need the full say. Yeah. That's what's so yeah. great about that song is that it gets so it just goes through so many different um emotions and it's the the full length. It's the powerful, you know And then you jump from there to like Jim Steinman writing for Meatloaf and you get like a twenty thousand minute song <laughs> that just goes on and on and on. Which a lot of his songs are really good because Jim Steinman wrote great songs. Yeah. But then that kind of broke the mold of three minutes. Yeah. And now songs could be four or five minutes. There's still radio edits and stuff because you know, the radio business wants to keep things moving. Right. But that was groundbreaking from that perspective. Um, one of the all-time, I guess, favorite songs when they're pulled is Silent Night. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Silent Night was first sung on Christmas Eve in 1818. But it was written by a priest, Joseph Moore, in 1816. And he had this poem that he wrote. So it was Christmas Eve. I guess he's out walking in a little village outside of Salzburg, Austria, and he kind of sees this image of the snow, and it's at night. I guess this was the night before Christmas Eve, so this would have been like the 23rd, I guess, as the story goes, and he sees this like serene village in the snow at night. It's calm and peaceful, and he recalls the poem. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess the church at the time, their organ wasn't working for whatever reason, floods, rats, whatever, Mm -hmm. and so he got with the, the pianist or the organist and said, hey, let's see if we can compose music to these lyrics. And so uh, Franz Gruber, not to be confused with Hans Gruber from <laughs> Die Hard, uh, wrote on his guitar, the composed the music. Okay. And then that night, they sung it at uh, Christmas Eve at the church for the first time. Uh, it was written in German called Still Nacht, Nachti. Still Nachti. Still Nachti. <laughs> I probably butchered, but Still it's been Nachti. a number of years since I went to Germany. Um, and then it eventually came in English. And so this is my favorite version of the song. Can you tell me who it is? Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. It's not Perry Como, is it? No. Round kind of close, though. Mother and child. Oh, that voice is so familiar. Holy Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole. But a lot of people take so this as their favorite Christmas carol, and you can see why. I like this version. Yeah. Actually, I think the version has a lot to do with. Well, I don't know how many how many white Christmas songs you hear or who's done them, remade mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But does it really count if it's not Ben Crosby singing? Right. Right, you know. So again, this, it's, he Nat King Cole is. I love him. He's yeah. so good. Um, I saw Pentatonics last night on the um, Rockefeller Tree Lighting. Okay, they did a version. Well, a couple of different songs are so good. They did a version of um, "How Great Thou Art." Oh, right. But then they. It was also. I was like half. I was watching through my eyelids. So. <laughs> Like, it was like half. That's good. Yeah, I was like half in and half out. My eyes were closed. I was listening, and um, so I didn't like get the whole thing. But it was um, a version of um, "Amazing Grace," and then 
they did something else with it, like mixed it in together, and then they kind of were going back. It was amazing. Yeah, they do amazing. some pretty good stuff. It's all acapella, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. It was like I want to go look for it, you know, and grab it. Do you have a Spotify? You play Spotify? I play or Pandora. Some, Pandora. Mm-hmm. Oh, because recently um, Spotify released like what your library was for the year, like your your most listened to songs, top mm-hmm. five, your most listened to artists, how long you've listened and stuff like that. It was kind of interesting. Um, but I was going to see if you had Spotify, what would pop up. Um, mine was a lot of rock and pop and, and stuff, but it's kind of fascinating to Mine uh, would, see would be mostly to. classic yeah. rock. Was it? Yeah. yeah. And, um, well, that's because you got the Joker, the Midnight Toker. <laughs> So that's what you were doing, watching pentatonics and, and token up last night right? while your eyelids yeah, were like half eye, open. Couldn't stay open. <laughs> Munching on those uh, potato the chips, brownies, huh? The potato chips. <laughs> so the, the other night I was driving around and um, I was listening to, again, my, my Christmas list. And this song came on. I'm listening to the lyrics. And I start to realize that there's really no reference to Christmas, but yet it's one of the most popular Christmas carols that people will sing, especially in, in the church. And so I'm listening to it, I'm listening to it, and there's like no mention of Christmas. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like, okay, why is this a Christmas carol only? Mm. Because the lyrics have more to do with like resurrection, really, and mm-hmm. salvation mm-hmm. than it does with Christmas. You know, we talked about like Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Well, it's a movie that's based at Christmas time, but the plot of the movie is to, you know, rob the right. the, the big corporation <laughs> to do with Christmas. The Nakatomi Towers. <laughs> but this song was uh was has has roots going back so I researched it. Song has roots going back to the eighth century. Okay. It was a monastery's call to worship, usually sung at the uh during the evening service. Okay. It comes from a seven verse poem. And I guess the original text is a reversal of what the song actually is. Okay, the song is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. But the, 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 the monastery and the, the monks, they would sing uh, in English, it would be, I shall be with you tomorrow. So it's like, I'm coming to you was the original intent of the, mm, and, but, okay. the but, but, through, but then it got rewritten and so forth through popular um, uh, culture became, you know, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, you know, in translation and stuff. But the early connection to Christmas was that somebody along the way, because again, this goes back to the 8th century, which is what, like 900 BC or something, or 980, um, somebody started to sing it for the Advent season. And then from Advent, it became a Christmas mm. carol. Okay. And then, you know, and what is, but this is, uh, but this version by Aaron Shust does a great job. But this is uh, a song that I like, but I started to think, does this really have to do with Christmas? But again, like all Christmas carols, especially like the hymnal Christmas carols, the message behind each one of them is pretty powerful. Yes. I love hymns. Hymns are great. about the Spotify thing if they would have released their thing a week later 
probably wouldn't have known what song. So it was just unreasonable. Yeah, that's a great version. That's See, those version. are the kinds of songs that I love yeah. to sing along yeah. to, and that makes me very happy. Yeah, but, I like that version. But this version, it starts out with a, a chant, kind of singing, chanting in, I think it's Latin, which is the original text of the original song. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it starts out. And then they goes into the English version of O Coming Manual. But when you, what is this version called that you just played? Oh, this is just the singer's Aaron Shust. Aaron and, it's, Shust. and it's just O Come, O Come Emmanuel. I can send you the link. Um, but it's just it's just when you take a look at it, you know, it's like O Come, O Come Emmanuel um, and, and Ransom, Captive Israel. Mm-hmm. So you can take that in any context at any time of day. And when you call out to God to come, it doesn't matter what state you're in. It doesn't have to be Christmas. It could be any time. Mm-hmm. And the whole meaning behind the song is, is that we're here waiting for Emmanuel, for God to come mm-hmm. to rescue us because we can't get out of it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And of course, back in that time when it was originally written, it was closer to the, the time of Jesus and biblical times. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, Israel and, and, uh, and Emmanuel yeah. and stuff like that, which yeah, is, uh, great song. Emmanuel with, you know, God with us, right? right. So, oh, come Emmanuel, come God be with us which then was the reverse of I shall be with you tomorrow. So when you take a look at the song, it's actually coming together, God coming to us mm-hmm. as we go to him and then we join. So mm-hmm. I think that the – so when I was listening to that and I started to think about it, I'm like, wow, the message behind that is way more powerful. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, a couple quick good. things and then I've got something for you. Yes, I wanna, okay. I'm very anxious to give okay. you a gift. So real quick, <laughs> myths or assumptions of Christmas based on Scripture – Okay. Obviously, Jesus was not born on December 25th. Correct. It became a tradition in the mid-4th century that somebody in church hierarchy, some think the Pope, but others think not, that just decided that December 25th would be uh, Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. And then 1870, it became a federal holiday. Mm -hmm. So Jesus was not born on December 25th, more than likely. More than likely in the spring. Yeah. Um, Mary probably did not ride on a donkey because no one in the Bible does it say she rode on a donkey. It mm-hmm. just says they came to Bethlehem, mm-hmm. and you see. So, how do you think she got those? Well, it was 60- a sixty-five mile ride from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Yeah. So, how do you? So, how, I don't know. A horse it doesn't a say horse and buggy. Could be horse and buggy. It could carriage. be carriage. It could be. I think a, a lot wagon. of people. I think a lot of people think the donkey because Jesus rode on the donkey on his way into Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the tradition, but uh, but it doesn't really say. But it was a sixty-five mile trip between the two cities. Mm-hmm. So chances are that it was probably something, and she was with child. So chances are it's probably something more accommodating mm-hmm. to uh, to her. Uh, you know, probably a wagon. Her pregnancy. Um, there were probably more than three kings, or actually wise men, or magi, 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 how do you it? magi. Yeah, they were magi, not magbi, not magis, magis, <laughs> not the magis. Maybe they're the mad guys for yeah. traveling across. Yeah, yeah, magis. Um, but of course, people, astrologers. They were um, magician type astrologers. But people assume there's three because of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm-hmm. So they assume there's three. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that uh, a lot of people think that the star was over the manger. You see the nativity scene with the star of the manger, but uh, that's popular belief. But the star was probably not hanging over the manger at the time they showed up because by the time they showed up, Jesus was probably about two-ish. Because mm-hmm. remember, Herod came in and killed out mm-hmm. every kid that was two and under. Mm-hmm. So the star probably wasn't. The star was probably there to guide them. Mm-hmm. The Magi mm-hmm. but was prob- probably wasn't there uh, You know, two years later. Uh, in fact, there could be uh, some conversation that um, 
that, uh, you know, even though they're in Bethlehem, they could have moved from the original place they were when Jesus was born. Like they probably mm-hmm. went in that setting for two years, you know, mm-hmm. because they showed up that night and there was no room mm-hmm. in the inn. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably found some room after that. So, mm-hmm. they, you know, they could have been some other place. Um, you see the nativity scene. Jesus was at a, a stable. Chances are that he probably wasn't born in a stable because the only thing the Bible talks about is that there's no room in the inn. But because he was born in a manger, and a manger is a feeding trough, mm-hmm. well, the feeding trough could have been in somebody's house. It could have been put some other place because mm-hmm. according to, uh, uh, not Jewish custom, but at the time, animals were brought in on cold nights because mm-hmm. they needed them mm-hmm. and then have today's uh, technology to keep them warm and stuff. So a lot of times the uh, animals, according to you know the history of, of, uh, of Israel, or the Jewish state, they'd bring their animals into the house and sleep on, and the animals would be on the bottom floor and then they'd sleep on the top floor. So um, it's possible he wasn't born in a stable. Uh, there was no drummer boy. <laughs> drummer boy was not there. Oh, man. You gave birth. Would you want a drummer boy right there after you gave birth, pounding away? <laughs> and then what are your thoughts about Xmas? The X. Because I grew up and everyone would always complain that when you put the X, you're crossing out Christ in Christmas. But in actuality, it's the uh, X is the Roman symbol for chi. Chi is the first letter in the Greek word for Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's just abbreviating Christ. Yeah, I think when people put an X, they don't even know what they're... What it is. They're not, I don't think they think that they're invoking the Roman no, they're, they're, letter for chi, which means Christ. I think they're just taking a shortcut. Right. Which kind of, you know, makes me nuts, but... Does it? Drive you crazy? It's, you know... What it's like, whatever, but I just, because I think probably because I know some people who are not Christian. Right. Yeah. And so the reason they do it, no, I don't know why other people do it. Somebody, some people might know that the X stands for T and, you know, is means Christ. Other people don't. Other people are just like in a hurry and you can't fit all that in. So you just put the X for shorthand. Um, so I think there's a bazillion reasons why people do it, but I know of, um, a person who does it specifically because they're not Christian and they're very like rebellious in that respect. And so they do it as a form of um, protest or protest. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, little do you know? Yeah. <laughs> actually they, reinforcing yeah, they don't even know that yes. they're actually do like, they doing the Roman numeral for, and I've heard um, that. I heard that years ago cause I had a debate, um, not a debate, but a conversation about it. And so I, um, did a lot of investigating on it, and then I remember that's what it was. And so then there was a lot of uh, older pastors that I would talk to, and they would be like, yeah, that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. the X became shorthand for Christ mm-hmm. because, you know, again, you're talking about back in the day, Latin and Greek and maybe mm-hmm. Hebrew, mm-hmm. and now we're talking about translating into English. So you're talking about language translation, so there's a lot of uh, different things um, that could be thrown in there. Are you a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays? Um, I like Merry Christmas, but it depends on, on, um, if there's a whole bunch of holidays that are yet to play out, then of course, happy holidays. Because I also read that holidays, happy holidays was a derivative that came from happy holy days because people took the holidays as the holy days, Mm -hmm. Advent, Mm -hmm. um, that led into Christmas. And again, I don't think that people nowadays, but again, again, there's think into that, even though, even though they don't know, (laughs) What they don't now know is they're reinforcing. Be politically correct. Yes. But like, what they're doing is they're reinforcing yeah. 
the traditional sense uh because we do we take we like to take things in our modern day and mix it up but the the irony is by you trying to cancel christmas and say holidays or xmas you're actually reinforcing mm-hmm. I, I i just think the whole like controversial things are just so silly honestly like to me it's just like too dramatic because right. people take sides and they're like so adamant about their side i think it's ridiculous honestly because there's kwanzaa there's hanukkah there's thanksgiving there's christmas and there's probably something else in there that I'm forgetting. And so when you say happy holidays, it's like you don't know which holiday right. people are are um, going to celebrate. And all of those holidays happen within about six weeks mm-hmm. of each other. And so it's just kind of saying, yeah, there's a lot of celebrations coming up. So happy holidays. So I'm fine with that. But then people are like, oh, you can't say right. happy holidays. You have to say Merry Christmas. And I'm like, well, Christmas is like besides New Year's. Almost the end. It's like the last one to come, right? Nice. The other ones usually happen before Christmas. And so we're not there yet. Like, I don't, but then the other side of it is that people that are out shopping are typically shopping for Christmas. Like, it's just so stupid. And then, well, just be nice to each other and nice. just like stop the a-hole. drama already, honestly. But also here in LA, especially the area here, um, the Armenian Christmas is in January. Right. So even it right, gets right, right. spread it even gets further. Spread, so it, yeah. like you said, it goes from like basically October to almost the end of exactly. Uh, January. So happy holidays is kind of like a way to encompass the whole thing, the whole season, I just found that was funny. which is fine. And then if you know what somebody is celebrating, then you can well, say you that can say holiday specifically. specifically to wish them happy Hanukkah, not Chanukah, as we all learned from Adam Sandler. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna do gifts. Yes. Yeah, so I got I you something. Okay. okay, I got you something so, too. I'm so okay. Excited. So first of all, um, <laughs> I had a special order it. Okay. Okay, and so. Um, with the nature of the world that we currently live in. Um, it didn't come. It didn't come. <laughs> I had it well ahead of time. And the company did a great job of trying to accommodate. Uh, but um, but I guess I might have you know, caught him off guard. I don't know. So uh, what I did was I was able to get a printable copy of okay. what it's going to be okay okay so at least you have an very idea very excited so you have an idea of what it's going to be like but it's going to be 10 times better than obviously what's in this <laughs> envelope it's just a representation a representation so you had something okay 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 and i think you're gonna like it okay and it's based on everything that this past year working with <laughs> oh, you gosh <laughs> it encompasses a synopsis. I'm, it summarizes, summarizes who you are. Oh no! On the show. Now I'm scared for the past year. So now Merry I'm Christmas. scared. Okay, I'm scared now. <laughs> Stop! That is so cool. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I have to hold it up. Is this going to be like an actual? It's actual photo. And no, it's an actual photo. But is it going to well, be it's, like it's, a, it's, it's an actual uh, that is magazine so cover that cool. then will be framed. Oh look, you guys! It's okay. the actual magazine cover that will be framed. Um, that is so cool. So it's Vogue. It says Vogue magazine, yes. and then it has our logo. Uh, Hollywood icon, Tara Hokshiro, amazing style, fabulous flair, tips to get the look. Oh, this is so cool. Tara tells us all about life as a diva. <laughs> shoes, handbags, handbags, shoes. Is it possible to have too many? No. The answer would be no. It's so not. Yeah, you can never have too many. And then there's a picture of me. Ah, oh, I love it. Do you remember when you took that picture? Who I took do. That picture? Remember that? I yeah. do. Oh, what a great picture. Oh, I love, love, love it. Yeah, so I sat on that picture ever that since because I knew that would be something that would come back later. Fabulous. And like I said, it's going to look a lot better. <laughs> but that is, the you're on the cover of Vogue magazine. I love it. December issue, 2020. <laughs> You've made it. You've arrived. That is awesome. 
Okay. Love, love, love. I'm going to put that right here. Now I was going to have the Madonna song. When it when it comes in, we will um, post the, the actual, actual image on the, our Instagram. I was going to have the Madonna song and actually make you Vogue. Oh, yeah? But I figured that'd be just a bit much. <laughs> this is awesome. Love it. So they're on the cover. You made the cover of Vogue magazine. I made the cover of Vogue magazine. That is the best gift. Okay. So there's two things in here. So I also have a little bit of a um, hang up on mine. So there's half of the part of the the other part of it, I was like, oh yeah, I can just go to the store and pick it up. And then I went to the store and of course it wasn't in stock. So I'm like, stupid. Why did I wait? Cause I ordered this other part like a month ago. Okay. So open, um, the, the part down here first. You don't need this other part. So this right here. No, not that. Not that. Yep. Okay. This one. This is my own design specifically for you oh wow that is cool i've actually wanted something (laughs) to change my thing it is sunday night brew the only thing missing is you cheers and happy drinking with my name on it the emblem so what i do is on instagram i think it's on youtube too that's so cool thank you so what I do is I do a, a weekly kind of beer review of different types of beer, and it's called Sunday Night Brew. And it's so, really good. You should check it out. Oh, thank you. And so basically what I do is I just have a glass that I put it in, a clear you, glass. And I noticed that yes. the glass that you use is UNLV. Yes. And I zoomed it in. I'm like, what is that that he's, you know, he's using? So that I wanted to get, this is a generic glass because I wanted to show you um, what it would look like. Dude, that's cool. But um, I wanted to get you like the, the same beer glass i even made so i made this logo this is cool i I like created it it's like original original logo i designed it myself one of a kind it's one of a kind and um i used the beer glass that you use because you have like a little like stem on the bottom of your glass so those are the ones that i wanted to get so i owe you um, a set of glasses to um and then this is just your extra um these are just the extra the designs stickers that will go on. So the stickers are vinyl; they're waterproof. Um, oh, very and cool! And then you just put them on. That is cool. Um, I never would have so thought of that. You have a set of glasses with your own official logo. Wow! Look at that! I got a logo. You have your own logo. Yeah, yeah for I Sunday night this. brew. Yeah, I would never have guessed this in a million years. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I've been wanting to do that yeah, for months, cool. and then I'm like, oh, I should just do yeah. it for Christmas. That is and way cool. since I've already made the logo, it's already set. I could make you a T-shirt. I could make wow. you wow. Like that is cool. Thank you. Yeah. So I that is impressive. Very I got few lots people. of opinions. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what about? So I was sending them to my kid. I'm like, okay, A or B. B or C, A or C. I'm like all these different versions. <laughs> you can ask people that know me. I'm I'm seldom caught off guard with stuff like this, like gifts and this. But this is like really cool. Cool. I never would have guessed in a million years. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's been it's funny. It's timely too because I've been thinking about upgrading the glass because, like I said, the logo is obviously UNLV, which is yeah. my favorite basketball team. So you do such a good yeah. job oh, with you. the Sunday Night Brew. If you haven't seen it, it's very informative. Um, it's it's fun. It's 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 like so creative. So I thought it deserved yes. your own logo, your it's own glass. Complete. It is now complete. It is now complete. <laughs> the logo with the glass is now complete. Yes. Because that's the last thing that's been bothering me about it because I did the backdrop. I changed the I backdrop noticed. and everything. And so the glass was the last thing. But I'm like, okay, as, as long as I had something clear right now, 
so they can see the color. That's why I had your picture. So I put up your video and I studied your new background and I'm like, okay, the logo's got to go with the background. (laughs) You did a great job on the logo. Thank you. And and, uh, speaking of logo and stuff like that, you can also uh, find out more of her handiwork at uh, Mm TaraShiro.com. You can go to the merchandise store and you can check out all the merchandise uh, two steps ahead plus wear your character. Yes, um, I just created a new T-shirt. I'm going to tweak it a little bit, but I just created a new one. Um, self-talk, the self-talk T-shirt. And then um, the words on it. The pillow is the pillow there. Or is that something different? The pillow the is pillow? there. Christmas presents. P R E S E N C. And so you can go to uh, terashiro dot com, or if you're on Instagram, you can just go to uh, Two Steps Ahead Podcast T W O. Two Steps Ahead podcast. There's a link in the bio. It's a link tree. And I think there's a, um, uh, a link for the merchandise store swag that'll shop. take you directly there, the swag shop. Mm-hmm. And then you can go there and check out all the stuff that she's created. She's designed a lot of stuff, um, which again, Christmas or birthdays or holidays, um, anything. And then also, um, so Two Steps Ahead, TWO, Two Steps Ahead podcast is the show Instagram. My Instagram is Edem Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Again, link in the bio. It's pretty similar. A few different things. Radiowarp.com, Mondays and Wednesdays, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time. We're on there broadcasting our show as well, plus other podcasts, great music, uh, some pop music, some 80s, stuff like that. So check that out, radiowarp.com. Your Instagram is? I am at Tara Hoke Shiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. You can follow me there on Instagram or on Facebook, um, and there are links on Instagram. There are links in my bio to all of the same uh, swag shop, podcast, video library, blog, all that good stuff. And please do check out Sunday Night Brew, Sunday Night Brew. on uh, Edom Rocks on Instagram. We are two steps ahead. Pos- uh, we are two steps ahead podcast. <laughs> uh, take your passion, make it happen. Let yourself be great. Hey, have a merry Christmas. We're going to have a, a New Year's show, so uh, we'll see you for New Year's. But uh, until then, hey, cheers and happy drinking. Enjoy some eggnog. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>